Hi everyone, I'm Keon Bayani and this is a spiritual storytelling session with Sophie Bashford from sophiebashford.com. Sophie is a spiritual writer and an intuitive healer and um, her writing and guidance can really pierce your soul when you read it. It's amazing. Sophie, thank you very much for um, agreeing to be my guest today or tonight in my, <laughs> my part of the world. Um, oh, we, us two have so much to talk about and I'd love to um, get stuck straight into it. Um, can you tell us, Sophie, about how you actually um, got to where you got to? Um, people look at you and they go, oh, wow, she's amazing. She just, She's just this, you know, oh, not famous but very popular um, image on Facebook and online and, you know, in the spiritual um, circles, but um, there is a backstory to that. So, can you please share that with us? Of course, there definitely is a backstory to that. And uh, I don't know how long you've got today, but we could be <laughs> probably for about the next three weeks. Um, and it's funny when you say that actually, that you know, I have a presence on Facebook or in a spiritual circles, you know, online. Obviously, mm -hmm. I'm aware that I do have some presence. Um, but I'm not really aware of it, I don't think, in the way that in the way that you say that. But um, so I think I've lived. I've, I feel that I've lived a lot of my life in the shadows, mm -hmm. and that's really where all of the essence of what I do is lives and it is born was born. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I I suppose to start from the very beginning. Yeah, I had uh, yeah my childhood was defined by losing my mother when I was four. Mm. And that was, you know, very sudden. And, you know, I didn't, I had a very secure and loving upbringing. Mm -hmm. but the pain of losing my mother rested with me. It stayed inside me. I wasn't given the tools or the spaces to explore that. Mm -hmm. And... That really was the beginning, starting to to come into connection and explore and break down the kind of stored grief yeah. and emotions that I had. Um, that was the beginning of my spiritual journey. And that came really with the birth, the pregnancy and the birth of my first daughter. Mm -hmm. And funnily enough, actually, it was just, it was my first sort of entrance into holistic you know, healing, holistic consciousness, because I can remember as soon as I got pregnant with my daughter, yeah. within yeah. within a month, two months of the pregnancy, I got covered in this red rash all over my chest. I mean, I looked like I'd been burned. I looked yeah. like I had third degree burns mm. and no one knew what it was, no doctor. And I, it was the first time I ever went to a homeopath. Mm. And I remember walking in the room of my homeopath for the first time and she just looked at me and she just said, my God, what are you angry about? Wow. And, you know, I remember sitting down on that, on that chair and just saying, hmm, I think I'm probably angry about quite a lot <laughs> because, my, mm. you know, I've never got to explore. So, you know, I then was in a lot of therapy. Yeah traditional therapy yes. but then it wasn't until I really went into 
what is known as uh, conscious breath work or rebirthing, where you use conscious connected breath to access the stored emotions in your cells. It's not just talking, it's actually a body work process. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I did that with an extremely trusted therapist who I would say she was given to me from the divine without any shadow of a doubt, because without her, I... I've struggled to see how I could have stayed on this planet, actually, yeah. because she, she, tr I trusted her so much. And I managed to access and clear an enormous amount of stored emotion. And that was the start of me opening up to my spiritual connection. Mm. And that was blocking my spiritual connection before. Was that um, it? at the time of um, the pregnancy still or have, uh, did, was that further on? Um... Yeah, well, I started working with Pat. Her name's Pat Benesser, actually, mm -hmm. and she's based in Brighton in the UK. And she's a really well-known uh, conscious breathwork work. She's a th psychotherapist as well. Mm -hmm. But she, um, I actually met her during the pregnancy of my second daughter. And I was looking to have a very different birth because I had a very traumatic birth experience with my first daughter mm -hmm. and I met her just very synchronistically extremely synchronistically mm. and so I then elected to take part in what's known as her ecstatic birth process and it's a series of sessions uh, once a month during the pregnancy where you go into conscious connected breathwork therapy mm -hmm. and you clear whatever's resting in your body what's in your emotional body and your physical body that could possibly hinder the natural process of your labor and birth mm. because it's based on the foundation that you know you're we're creating we create our own birth experiences because yeah. of what either our own birth or any trauma that's in our bodies wow. so she really taught me how to let go and she really really penetrated the absolute depth of my stored feelings around the death of my mother and no one else had got, I mean, I'd been in, I'd been in psychotherapy before this with yeah. just a regular therapist and I hadn't even cried. I hadn't even, I was so used to covering up. Wow. I was so used to showing the world that I was fine yes. and I was okay because I was a very, very good student. I was very, very good and, you know, competent in every other aspect of my life. Yeah. But emotionally I was imploding mm. and she was the first woman to that I felt safe enough with and was skilled enough. And actually, what I would like to say, and this is really relevant to yeah. now as well, she was the first woman that I felt I wasn't too much for. Mm. Because, and I've written about this as well, about being a too much woman, a woman who's too much. Mm -hmm. Because... I felt that my grief and my emotion and my anger and my spirit, myself, because it's all bound up yeah. in those emotions, my feminine spirit is, I was just too scared of being too much for people. No. And I was too scared of them not being able to handle the depth, the width, the breadth of my, of my emotions but then also, Keon, that's connected to my power. Yes, yes. So I didn't want them to. I didn't want people to see my power. Yes. She was the first one that un took a massive key. I mean, we're talking a huge key, and just unlocked in the centre of my chest, my whole body. This is the first key to be unlocked. This is the first key. She didn't. She was not intimidated in any 
piece of her by the depth of my emotion and she encouraged me you know obviously once we built up a lot of trust and within a very intimate therapeutic space to rage at my mother I can remember one particular rebirthing session where she just you know it just I was deep in my conscious breath in in a in a different consciousness state and she just said okay so what do you you know you you need to say to your mother that you fucking hate her and how could she have ever fucking thought about leaving you and I can remember in that moment it was just the perfect cosmic moment okay for me to do that and I remember it just coming out of my body and I remember just screaming out into the room I fucking hate you and that was a turning point a huge turning point because you know, if we can't go into the darkness yes. and the truth, mm-hmm. we will never, ever find the light, ever. And I was then able to move through that depth into enormous healing. I mean, really, really profound healing. And it's like, oh, yeah, sorry, go on. I was going to say, and probably love, like. Yes. Mm. It's the first time I could feel that flow of love because it had been so it had been so suppressed because I was you know we get taught to be nice as yeah. women we get taught to be good yes. we get taught yes. to be pleasing <laughs> we get taught to be not emotional not fucked up yes. and you know if we do stir the pot with saying you know what I'm fucking angry yes. and also you know we've got quite a lot to be angry about yes but if women create a, a storm or they create a stir, they're really often told to just shut up. Yes, or, or and, that they're aggressive yeah. or they're, um, you know, crazy, basically. Right. Yeah. And for me, you know, those link, the links between the emotional release for me yeah. and the link to accessing beginning. You know, I'm not saying that this happened. I mean, this is all a period. I'm talking about years yes. are going past at this point. It's not like this is all happening in a week, you know. Yeah. But, like, the, the link between that emotional release and truth and the beginning of, this, of accessing and contacting my true power, my spiritual power, th- they're deeply connected. Yes. And it was uh, it was actually with Pat, with that therapist, with within a group. I did a lot of group therapy with her too, mm-hmm. and it's something that I always share with people because um, in the group we would go around and share, and um, you know, obviously people are talking; they're talking for ages. And when it got to my share, I, I for, for months and months and months I wouldn't say anything; I'd just cry, mm. but. And when I say cry, I mean really cry. Yeah. And often, you know, look completely broken down and be completely broken down. And that was within a sort of witnessed, a supported space. So it was, it was incredibly healing. Yes. That that's one of the other most healing experiences of my life to sit in a in a supported space, yes. in a witnessed yes. space, and just cry and have people witness my pain without having to speak. Mm. And then. That really led on to me, you know, realising that I had a lot of power inside me that I'd been 
keeping a lid on. Yes. And I'd been keep, keeping a lid on my emotions, first and foremost, for fear of upsetting other people. And that's obviously from my childhood. Yes. But then that translated into my wider life. And I didn't want to intimidate people. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to be too much. Yeah. And that's been a real process. It still is a process for me. But I can remember a particular prayer that I said with Pat and within a group situation. I remember it was just one ritual that we were doing one day. Yeah. And we were burning we were burning pieces of paper, what you know, it was like a fire ritual or something. Mm. And I just remember writing on a piece of paper, please, universe, I just want to be in my power. Mm. And it was one of the most powerful prayers. It was like, this is everything for me. Everything is related. I didn't even understand back yes. then what, what I was going to go on and do. I didn't even know what that meant. Yes. It was just my power, my power, my power. I've got to be in my power. I've got to be in my power. I've got to be in my power. And I was crying my eyes out as I put that paper into the fire. I mean, literally, I can remember just sobbing, like, I have to be in my power. And I didn't even know what it meant because I hadn't started doing any of this. Wow. So you hadn't even, um, had you been introduced like to your um, psychic or, um, in, you know, the real intuitive side of you yet at that point? Uh, no, I hadn't. Mm -hmm. And um, I suppose if I'm thinking back on it, roughly the time scale would have been, it was probably around the, that kind of time. It was after that point that that started happening. And I just, yeah, I suppose my youngest, my daughters were probably about one and and uh, four. Yeah. And I just started becoming just drawn to, you know, books that were kind of written on on the feminine and kind of getting in touch with your with your true self and you know just a few oracle cards and I was starting to dabble in it a little bit but I certainly wasn't kind of immersed in it and I was starting to write a journal and do some slightly kind of conscious things I guess but it it really only <laughs> it only really happened when my marriage broke up mm. and that was, yeah, something that happened very suddenly and kind of without much warning. Um, and it, it, it was something that had been building for a while, but the, it kind of exploded yeah. in a very kind of unexpected way. And without kind of going into too many of the details, because it's a bit, I, I wouldn't want to do, go, go into too many of the actual details about, sure. about it, but just to say on a, on a sort of, uh, what, what really happened is that someone came into my life that totally blew me apart and catalyzed a change in me and, and a change in my life. And, and it did break my marriage up. It was the catalyst for breaking up my marriage. Yeah. And... It was a very, very, very chaotic time and a very scary time. Mm, would be. And I <laughs> was pretty much within six months, my life had changed just, you know, 100%. Yes. And with your spiritual um, experience, so um, how did that 
sort of come about? Like what was your first actual experience, say, for example, your psyche experience that you had? Well, it was from that, it was from yeah. that desolation. It was born from the absolute dust and rubble yes. of, my, of my life. So what happened was emotionally I was, you know, really torn apart. Yeah. And so I was looking, it was like everything was just, just I had to, I picked up a, te- a deck of tarot cards. I was drawn to the tarot. Yeah. And my mother had actually used the tarot cards. And I remember looking at them when I was little, but I never saw her mm. doing it. But I remember having a tarot deck of hers. So I was really, really drawn to them. Yeah. And everything happened at once, really. I mean, I just, I was, I just was on the floor and I needed something to give me, uh, illumination to give me strength to give me but it was also there was more of a kind of real pull like I've got to start using these things I've got to meditate I mean I would drop my girls off at school in the morning and I was exhausted you know practically the whole time because they were still very little and I would you know my husband had left by that point yeah and I would just literally come home from dropping them off at school and I would feel, I mean, I did start to feel very strong energies working and I would be extremely drawn to just sitting uh, and you would say meditating, I guess, but just literally sitting and I could, I could feel, I I couldn't move actually some mornings. Mm -hmm. I would just be sitting there um, kind of rooted to the chair and I would, then I would just sit and almost, um, I mean, almost obsessively in a way, it was like an incredibly intense desire to use tarot cards. Yeah, I would have some books and, but then I realized as time went on that I was starting to really intuitively um, pick things up. And I was realizing as the months and the years actually then went on that I was able to do something that was not just, you know, reading the cards or just not on the surface. It was much deeper. Yeah. And people just started coming into my life. I mean, I, I out of the nowhere, this guy just turned up who was my tarot kind of mentor, if you like. He worked with me. Yeah relentlessly for years and we just would spend all my free time away from the girls which wasn't very much it was just every other weekend um I would spend the whole weekend working with with Jonathan and we would just be working on tarot tarot readings the whole weekend Mm -hmm. and you know you could there was a very strong draw yes to this energy well you listen to your intuition too I was listening to my intuition and I was obviously and I was starting to read you know I was drawn very drawn to reading Marianne Williamson um Sonia Chaquette some Doreen I was I mean you know spiritual teachers coming into my life I mean Marianne Williamson I would say yeah defining Mm. but it's interesting because when we're talking about Carly and you're talking about surrender (laughs) and we're talking about even then, I think even when we're kind of starting to look, go on a spiritual path sometimes or a new age path, we can start, you know, the ego wants to get involved at every stage. The ego was, oh, so great. I'll start doing uh, tarot readings and I'll start doing this. And this is how this is going to look. And I'm really interested in this. So this is how it's going to be. Nothing worked out in the way that I thought it was going to work out. And I, at that time, was incredibly interested in birth and um, helping women process their birth experiences because I'd had such 
different experience, isn't it? And and I'm very connected to the to the whole consciousness around birth. Yeah. So that's what I w- thought I was doing at that time. I thought I was setting up birth sharing circles. That was my dream. Yeah. I was really attached to that. I went to enormous lengths to get leaflets done and find a venue for it and you know I actually I met Sheila Kitzinger who's died recently but she's a really she was a really famous anthropologist and birth uh, guru natural birth guru and I went to meet her at her home and I did courses on counseling women post-birth and I'm still really passionate about this (laughs) yes but at the time that was it that's what I thought I was going to do yeah but it didn't work wow so no what, one signed up to it. Wow. And that's, um, so you put yourself out there, you've invested all this time and energy and mm-hmm. nothing. I know how no, that feels. No. <laughs> I think a lot of us do know how that feels. So, um, yeah, so what happened? Um, how did you get sort of thrown back onto the path and how did you recover from that? <laughs> um. I was being asked to do, at the same time, uh, <laughs> incidentally with that, I just want to say that yeah. I actually wanted to call my, my birth group, my birth groups were going to be called the White Tent. Mm-hmm. And that's an idea that came to me, was channeled to me really, was given to me after the birth of my second daughter. Yeah. And I suddenly, and I wrote it all down, I saw these tents, these healing tents for women, mm-hmm. and um, one was called the White Tent. And that was what I was going to do for my birth stories, okay? Mm-hmm. So I did actually brand it all up, and I, I thought, well, I mean, I, it wasn't exactly majorly professional, but I did put a lot of energy into yeah. it. But it didn't work, nothing happened. And, um, but I was still going on with my tarot, and I was giving a lot of free readings at that time. Yeah, and so I did years and years really of readings for friends uh, for free or very very little I mean probably just they were like exchanges or swaps or something it wasn't like I wasn't being paid yeah and I was doing that and people were, were asking me for that and that very slowly began to show me that I was using quite a strong intuitive gift Mm. and lots of synchronicities were also happening around that time I got invited to go to a meditation group where there was a woman channeling Jesus Mm. and she was a really defining person on my path and she was channeling Jesus and this meditation group I went to every week for about a year and then she left she just said yeah this isn't part of my journey anymore I'm going to go somewhere else and she left and everyone else wanted to carry on in the group and so I said okay well I'll I'll lead it then Mm. and I didn't know what I was going to do yeah I mean I had no idea I'd never led meditation group before in my life and everyone was like okay and I but I remember at that time you know even though this group was just like a donation group no one was making any money out of it it was just a kind of you know thing that women were drawn to coming to doing and I can remember the first couple of times that I did it and I felt this enormous desire to lead it because I (laughs) 
maybe I don't know in me I just I couldn't bear that we were all just going to sit there and no one was going to take charge like you know I just I wanted to have an experience where no you know the group's got to be held people women aren't going to I'd been in enough groups myself to know that you need to feel held and you need to feel that someone's leading the group and you need to feel safe and it can't just be a free-for-all yeah it needs to have someone holding the space okay so something in me even though I didn't know what I was doing something in me just kicked in and went you've got to hold this space Mm. and I didn't know what I was doing I didn't think I knew what I was doing but I did start to lead it and something just naturally came out of me and that was the first time that I was aware and I realized that I was really channeling spirit and the first being the first energy that I really connected with in that circle was Archangel Michael and Archangel Michael I suddenly realized I was feeling him I was seeing him I was speaking words from him and that was just the beginning and So that circle was a very defining moment and I then went on to leading women's groups in my home for weekly for many, many years. And an enormous amount happened during that, those groups because I was then channeling goddesses, I was channeling other angels, we we began doing enormously profound transformational work that all came through my intuitive channels mm-hmm. and my intu- i mean basically my intuitive channels just exploded can i ask with that did you like how did you deal with it so all of a sudden this is happening um like how did you tell people that's what you did um, it was all word of mouth. Every single I've never advertised. For oh anything. no, I mean like sorry, like family and friends and like did oh, they you know see. like <laughs> yeah, so okay. uh, because I know like for me a lot of my fear of coming out of the spiritual closet was, you know, how do how do you tell people that this is you know, I can do this sort of stuff and um, are they gonna yeah. believe me, are they gonna think I'm crazy or like how did you how did you come out and, and just say, Hey, this is what I do? Uh, I've never really done that, to be honest. I've never really just, you know, sat down at a family meeting and said, oh, by the way, I'm an intuitive channel. It's the best I can describe it is that it's just unfolded. And I mean, you know, I really understand and empathize with your fear around doing that because a lot of my fear on doing anything that I'm doing is about being revealed and being revealed for who I am and people seeing who I am. And well, I feel very strongly that that's to do with past life experiences. Mm. But in terms of, yeah, how my it came out, I mean, friends, a lot of people dropped away from my life at that time, Keon. Yes. You know, a yes. lot of people dropped away. So I was only really friends with people in these circles, yeah. in this kind of circle. And even, I suppose, my friends from school, from like my, you know, my my childhood and my adolescence it's only really now that they're getting to see I mean I'm still scared about that I'm still scared about talking to my to my family and my kind of old friends if you like who knew the old me yes I'm still scared about that my family do know but it's just been a process of just unfolding and them kind of seeing it and I was brought up in a totally non-spiritual even non-religious family so it's 
completely different <laughs> to anything that anyone would expect. And yeah, I kind of talked to my dad a little bit about it, but I never talked to him about what I do. And I can remember when my stepmother just a few months, um, not months, years ago, said to me, just tell me, what do you actually do? <laughs> I was like, well, this is what I do. And I still find it really hard to describe. And I feel I often get really shy about it. And I feel really revealed and I feel really scared yeah and um I think I ended up saying to her we ended up talking about Jesus again actually and something like um she's like you channel Jesus and she kind of looked horrified I don't know what was that and I was just like really tongue-tied yeah yeah sometimes and she was like oh (laughs) but they're really supportive of me yes yes but, you know, we're not really, I don't come from that kind of family. Yeah. I, don't, I don't come from a family that's really on board with this, but they're incredibly supportive yes, of what yeah. I do. So, wow. that's an answer. Oh, <laughs> I yeah, yeah. I, I think. I'm still really, you know, I still have a hard time with that, Keon, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's, I can reveal, I can easily share with you that, you know, I still have fear of going back to my hometown, which is Cambridge um, in England, and kind of hanging out with any of my old friends or, you know, maybe people that knew me. And and actually, it's my own fear because I know they wouldn't, they'd just be happy. They're probably interested in what I do. But at the same time, I came from such an academic, um, incredibly different, you know, more intellectual and non-spiritual community and what I'm doing now is so far away from what anyone would have ever expected me to do so it's quite a number that is quite a number for me actually yes yes so I I can totally relate I was a lawyer for 10 years so (laughs) you know jumping over to this side is um it's exhilarating don't don't get me wrong but it is very scary um but you know, you just got to do it, don't we, just every day? Because you don't have a choice now. You can't switch it off. No, I definitely don't. Well, <laughs> I think I have a choice in everything, but at the same time, I don't have a choice in terms of, of what I'm guided to do because, mm. believe me, even now, I'm st- I still wake up some days going, I really don't want to do this anymore. This is, just getting, this is just getting too much. And particularly, oh, really, honestly, I have to put that out there. <laughs> I, I I have you know the the fear that is attached to revealing my power is enormous. Yes, enormous. Yeah, and there are you know there's so much connected to past incarnational experiences and when I say that I don't say that in the point that I feel we should be we should never be clinging on to that as an excuse but at the same time it's real and the reason that I write about it kind of very candidly often because I don't feel that it often is exposed for what it is and the and and my, my work has shown me my work with women predominantly has shown me and my own experience obviously that these wounds are extremely deep and they're extremely well covered up. Yes. And we have a great fear of being revealed for who we are because previously 
when we did reveal who we are, we have been persecuted. Mm. And, you know, that can go very, very deep. Yeah. It goes so deep with me often that I am practically shaking and hyperventilating sometimes before I perhaps post something publicly or do something publicly that really is very strong, very powerful. Yeah. Um, but normally, nearly always actually, in every case, the most scared that that I've been always translates into the most powerful work. Yeah. yeah. So... But I don't ever underestimate, I have never want to diminish the fear. And the thing is, is that, you know, there's a lesson in that, there's a great teaching in that, because you'll never get rid of the fear, and the fear is actually your indicator that you're, that you're actually breaking down enormous barriers. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's easy, it's really, really not easy. Yeah. It is not yeah. easy. Um, but there's no point in ever waiting for the fear to go away. It will never go away. And so there's the only way that you'll heal the fear is through doing the work. Yeah. And, you know, the way that the universe worked with me is that Carly came into me and tore everything apart and stripped everything away from me until I felt that I was literally just on my own, naked, standing in the middle of a wasteland with two small children clinging to my legs and said, well, I get on with it then. Yeah. It's the only thing you can do. And the reason that I did key on very, very bluntly a lot of the time I was so scared of using my spiritual gifts, I was so scared of doing it, that the only reason I did those tarot readings or I did what came to me is because I needed the money. Yeah. And believe me, I've never done this for the money. No. <laughs> but at that point... Yes, that's what pushed you It was the only thing... Yes. You know, when we're talking on a day-to-day -day basis, because as we were saying before, you started recording... Yeah. This does not happen overnight. No. This is a 10, well, it's a lifetime process, but in terms of actually developing what I'm doing right now, it's been over 10 years of daily work. And when I say daily work, I mean daily work. Yes. And daily work, often for nothing or for a small amount of financial remuneration, but that was the only way... Carly knew it was the only way that I was going to do it. Yes. If I'd been sitting, I can see the divine perfection of it now. Because if I'd been sitting in a comfortable, uh, financially secure, comfortable life, this is for me, I'm not saying it's for yeah. everybody, for me it just had to be this way. Yes. If I'd been sitting with my husband, being taken care of financially, and, that I, and, if, and if, I was just, if I didn't have to do it, I wouldn't have done it. And I really mean that, I wouldn't. I was so terrified. Yeah. I would not have done it. But can if I... It's been pocket money, yeah. Can I on. throw a spanner in the works here? Because um, for me, for example, I had um, built myself up. So I was a single mother, but then I built myself up, you know, went to law school, married another lawyer. Um, you know, we had our own firm, made lots of money and stuff like that. And... Um, I thought that I'd be fine then, you know. I thought, well, this is it. This is what I've um, I've worked so fucking hard for, and um, the universe and Carly and whoever else had different ideas, and they just came in and totally swept my life away. You know, like it was. <laughs> I don't recognise what I'm doing today. Um, you know, from what I was doing six months ago, for example. So, do you really think 
that if you had even maybe you would have lived that life, do you really think that um, you would have been let alone? Because I believe that we're here for a reason and you're just going it, to, the, the cycle or the lessons or the um, getting swept down and um, brought to your knees is going to continue to happen until you actually go, okay, take me. I'll do what you fucking want me to do. That's <laughs> yeah. where I say, do you have a choice? <laughs> like, um, I, I think I don't think I think. Well, okay. I I I I feel that we are always consciously choosing. Yes. We're either unconsciously choosing or we're consciously choosing. Okay, so when I say, Carly, this happened to me. What yes. I mean is, I chose yes. to break down my marriage. Mm. I chose yes. everything. Yes. Yes. I'm not a victim of it in no. any sense. I chose it. So when you choose, I mean, I just wrote this just yesterday, actually. <laughs> Carly, it's not you're some passive victim and Carly is coming into your life or any spiritual force is coming into your life and going, right, okay, you're a passive victim. This is happening to you. Yes. Okay, you're not yes. a victim. Yes. I'm not saying it's always easy, but on some level, you've chosen it. Yes. On yes. some level, you've chosen it. Yes. That's a consciousness awakening thought yes. and truth. Okay. On some level, you've chosen it. Definitely. You've chosen it through a divine contract mm -hmm. in this lifetime. You've chosen it consciously or unconsciously in your, in your, in your force field, in your energy field. Yeah. You've yes. chosen it through your actions. Yeah. And so you have chosen it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We're choosing in every moment. Yeah. We are powerful. We're choosing. It's very, you know, where you become disempowered is when you say, I have no choice, I have no ability. I'm not saying that you won't feel flawed by life sometimes and you won't feel broken down, but that's, that's the key, that's the jewel. Yes. When you do yes. feel broken down, know that this is something you have chosen to save your own life. You've chosen it to save your own life yes. because you knew that you could not carry on in the state that you of consciousness that you were in before. Yes. You had to do something. And your consciousness is wise. Your higher consciousness knows that to whatever shape or form your life looked in before, if it wasn't actually allowing the full expansion of your spirit, the full expansion of your power, it had to go. Mm -hmm. Whatever, it's personal, obviously. Yes, whatever yes. works for you is going to work for you. But... You are in co-creation with the divine. You're in co-creation. It's already been agreed that this was going to happen in this lifetime because you have powerful medicine to bring through. You have a powerful light worker role. Yes. And it wasn't going to happen while you were in whatever structure you were in before, okay? You're going to do to yourself. You're going to call in for yourself whatever it is you need to wake up, Keon. And you're going to do it in whatever way you know is going to work for you. Mm. So there's little point or it won't work to say, this is all happening to me. I am a victim. And I just want to share, you know, one thing for you with you, which is very, very powerful for me. And it's one thing that happened with my therapist, my, my rebirthing therapist, mm -hmm. who basically was the one that, that, you know, in a sense, she, I called her in to save my own life yes. on this on this earth plane, to be honest. She 
we had a, we were having a phone conversation one day and I've been working with her for many years and I trusted her mm-hmm. very deeply implicitly and I can remember I was obviously talking about my mother and I was talking about my my process and I remember her she just she had absolute cosmic intuitive timing and I remember her saying to me Sophie you can punch me for saying this the next time that you see me but in terms of your mother dying when you were four on some level you chose it Mm. and even now when I say that I feel my body reverberating in that moment, I it was the perfect moment for me to hear it, and I knew she was right. Yeah. And on many levels of consciousness, I knew she was right. It's not something you can say to somebody yeah. who's lost their mother when they were four before they're totally ready to hear that. Yeah. It could have completely the opposite effect. But it was the right moment for me to hear that. And not anybody can hear that, though. So, you know, there's... There's light workers that understand the work and there's people that are still not awake yet to that or they're, they're not light workers. So if you're a light worker, I think you can hear that more so than somebody that isn't. Do you agree with that? I mean, at that time, I didn't even know what a light worker was. I was, deep, I was, I was not at that point. I yeah. was really in my own sort of psychotherapy and emotional therapy. Um, but in terms of my own healing, Keon, my own consciousness of realizing that I can handle this. I could, the reason that I, the reason that I'm a conscious being, I'm not a victim. I'm a conscious being. And on some level, my soul decided that my transformation and my power in this lifetime would come through the enormous you know soul-wrenching universe-wrenching pain of losing my mother in childhood and the process that I had to go through the depth that I had to go to through in order to kind of well number one carry on being here and also you know transmute that transform those emotions and somehow develop my own strength and power I chose for her not to be here I chose I chose it yeah and that's the most empowering statement and truth that I could ever take into my cells. Yeah. Because it's true. Yes. If I hadn't have gone through all of the enormous processing that I've been through, and, you know, I have to say, you know, for anyone that's, and I'm not, you know, God, I'm not putting this on any level of I've been through a worse trauma than yes. you. I don't need it like that. I just, I'm just speaking from my own experience. But anyone that's lost their mother in childhood, you know, and, and has, it's, it's inexplicable loss. Yeah. And it's uncontainable. Um, it's the only thing. It's the only thing that has really brought um, me to the core, really, of yes. what it's all about. And I and I believe that, you know, there are still days that I have when I miss my mum. 
and there's nothing that can ever fill that there are days when I don't when I just think I don't know how I've got through that day without having my mother's energy having been near to me you know I don't know how I've how have I done that Mm. and the strength that I've that I've built up um is more than I ever could imagine that I ever had. And that's why I say, you know, the universe has a plan for you. The universe has a plan to show you how strong you are. Mm. And so when these things happen, it it is for your ultimate yeah. strengthening. It is for you to get to see who you really are because we can have an idea of who we are, but it's nowhere near who we really are, the, the absolute power and strength of it. Yeah. And that's why you don't have any choice but to surrender because when you resist these changes it's really only through the fear of seeing how powerful you really are because if you're resisting where the universe wants to take you you're just resisting seeing your light yes and remember as well that you always chose it whatever's happening it's not oh, this is happening to me. It is that classic saying, it's happening for you. Yes. Yeah, I love and that. And you're the one who chose it, okay? You're the one who is choosing it in this moment. Mm. So I understand how it is to feel totally broken down. I understand how it is to feel nothing's ever going to happen. This is going to be like this forever. I don't know how I'm going to get through this day. I really, really know how it feels to have days like that and many of them mm. but it takes often a long time and it will take the time that it needs which will normally be longer than you think <laughs> 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 a longer yes because we all live don't we like we were saying before we live in this world of like well I've just decided I'm going to do this so yeah. now I'm ready okay now I'll go and do it tomorrow <laughs> yes that's okay sometimes things can happen like that but if you want to really, really get to your presence and you really, really want to get to your truth and you really want to get to the, to the core and build up a foundation and do something really purposeful, it's going to take time. Yes. yes. And that time won't often have a little label hanging on it saying, oh, in exactly two years, three days and three hours, you're going to be a success. Yes doesn't look like that can I actually ask a question about that so um as as you were growing up did you have ever have like a dream of what your life would look like (laughs) or be like um (sighs) my dream has always been to be a published author Mm. And that still hasn't happened yet, <laughs> actually. It will. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> so, yeah, if I could have ever say to be a, have a dream, I, would, I always wanted to write. That was mm. my, just to have a book in print. Oh, I just wanted to be a writer. Mm. And you are, you I are never now, aren't you? Say that again? You do write now, though. You write the most amazing things. Like, seriously, I read that. Yeah, it's phenomenal. It's like how can um, yeah? I was actually thinking about this earlier today. It's like I'm going to give you a massive compliment here, but you know I love Paulo Coelho, and I read his stuff, and I'm like, how can anybody 
really? How can a, a human write that stuff? And I've done that with your stuff too. I've gone, how can somebody actually just write that? It's So it's obviously channeled work that you're doing. Thank you. Um, I, I feel... I feel that it is channeled, um, although actually what I'm more coming to see mm. is that even though, yes, I do, I do channel now, but it's not really ever a kind of focus. It, mm. It's more um, I'm putting into context now what I've always done, if you see what I mean. So even in childhood, in, in adolescence, I did English literature, you know, I did a lot of essay writing subjects and I, um, I wrote very well, you know, even in my teens and early 20s. And I have always been, you know, achieved high standards in my writing. And I would always get teachers comments, you know, saying this is, you know, this is really exceptional. This is kind of on, on a different level. And, you know, whether I was doing creative writing at school or whether I was writing an essay on, on an English uh, on, a, on a play or, or a book or whatever it was. So I kind of, I mean, it, you know, everyone knew that I could write. Everyone knew that that was something that was a, a gift, a gift of mine. And, you know, I worked damn hard at it as well. Yeah. But what I'm realising now, I mean, I can remember with my first, with my husband, actually, the father of my children, I can remember when we first started going out with each other. I remember just having a complete meltdown with him one day and it was just, yeah, I was having like an existential meltdown and I just was like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got to write something. I've got to write something. What if I, I've got to do something. What is it? I don't know what I've got to do. And I was just sobbing on him. I can remember just saying, I've got, I know it's to do with writing. I've got to write something, but I don't know what to write. Like I've got no idea. I mean, I could, I think I tried writing so many novels over the years and it just had never, never worked. And it wasn't that I couldn't write. God, I can, I knew I could write. It was just something was blocking me. And that was just before I then got pregnant with my daughter. And um, then this whole journey started. So, you know, sometimes these things can happen where I knew I was feeling my calling in that moment, but I would never, I would never have put it in those words. I, I didn't realize at the time. Yeah. But I was feeling this incredibly deep pull. I knew I had to write something and communicate something that was going to touch people, that was going to mean something, that was going to change something. But I didn't have any idea. Any, if you told me then, I mean, I was 25, 24. Mm, if you told sure. me then that I was going to be writing, doing what I'm, I mean, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't have even known where to start. It just was so out of my realm of understanding mm, but yeah. I knew that I had to I knew I could feel it I knew I had to do something and it was like a compulsion and I still have that feeling now even before I go to write something it's like a compulsive feeling inside me and I don't know what I'm going to write but I have to write something and sometimes it's really annoying you know <laughs> it's really inconvenient like I really don't want to write I, I, I'm just <laughs> I'm just like, no, I don't want to write. I don't want to sit down and write that right now. I want to go and do something else. I want to go and switch off. I want to go and, but I can't. Right. And it's just, it won't leave me alone. It won't leave me alone until I've, until I've done it. Oh, I love that. So, you know, the only other thing I would say, and I mean, it, this does relate to writing, but it relates to probably lots of other things, is that um, 
you know, I was guided to start writing on Facebook by, by Archangel Michael, actually. And that was one of the first direct instructions I've ever received was eight, nine years ago to, to go and write on, start writing, writing on Facebook. And I didn't even want to be on Facebook. I mean, it was quite new then. Yeah. And I, and I was really resistant to that. And I was, it, but the guidance was just insistent, right, just write on Facebook, write on Facebook. And all of my guidance has been like that. It's never been like, you know, this, a whole long plan of what's going to happen. It's just been literally just tiny little simplistic instructions yeah. right on Facebook. And I started writing just one sentence, two sentences. I mean, if I look back on any of those, if I ever see them or get hold of them from anywhere, I mean, you can't even compare them to what I'm writing now. Yes, okay. And I had a personal page and probably one or two people, kind of not even that. No one was commenting on them. I mean, they were just, I don't know what they were. Mm, And then I just wrote every day for eight years. And it's only, you know, and you've got to put it in context, Keon, okay? Because it's okay for me to say this, but I just want to really make it clear that this is like eight years of doing this. And I'm just saying there were many days when I wrote every day and we're talking five, six years ago, way before you'd heard of me, before anyone had heard of me. Yeah. And I don't even know who's heard of me now, but like, you know, way before I got to anything like kind of, if you like, the following I've got or any of that. I would write every day and no one would even comment on it. I mean, I wouldn't get any feedback whatsoever. Yes. And I'm talking for years. So something in me often wanted to say this is a complete waste of time. Mm. I know that... Um, something else in me said, I'll carry on. <laughs> I was reading something um, similar that Doreen Virtue had said as well. I can't remember where, if I read it or heard a a video of hers where she said that um, she just had to do something every single day. And, um, and, you know, she said her friends were going out to parties and stuff like that, but she was just, she felt compelled to sit at the computer and just type and write and, and get this stuff out. Yeah. I, I really relate to that. I mean, yeah. it's definitely, I think that's really important. I mean, I know, you know, astrologically, I'm a Virgo. I'm a double Virgo. I've got lots of planets in Virgo. So I know that I have that tendency to kind of just do that kind of daily, very, very continuous work thing. Yeah. So that's kind of in me. But the thing is, it, it, it is, it is, it was and is actually sort of like a compulsion in the sense that it, it just doesn't leave me mm-hmm. and I just have to do it. And it is a daily practice. It is without doubt a daily practice and if you just do something one thing that you feel guided to do every day and it might seem so small that's the thing all the things that mount up to the to the to the to the the foundation the large end result if you like or built up result they all come from very small cumulative actions yes and for people Oh, sorry. For people no, that say that they're not intuitive or they don't hear, you know, they don't have Archangel Michael or, um, you know, they can't tap into that sort of power, um, what what advice can you give to them about following the path or the nudges? <clears throat> so don't get blinded by that 
you know, I heard a voice from Archangel Michael. I'm not saying that that's exactly how it's happened all the way through. It just happened to be that that was a, that yes. was a particular kind of message, okay? Yeah. You, the way that the universe speaks to you, whether it's Archangel Michael, whether it's any being that you want to call it, or whether you just call it God, or whether you call it your inner voice, or whether you call it the universe, whatever you call it, it will speak to you through repeated emotional feelings. It will speak to you through ideas that you have that keep coming back to you. And you will notice a sense, if you, if you really listen, you will be able to discern the feeling, the quality to the, uh, to the emotion, to the, to the idea that you have that has a kind of raised energy to it, a very slightly, you know, it, it's palpable. Mm. You can feel it and it won't leave you. And it's something that will repeatedly come back to you. And it is, that is your inner voice. That's your inner nudge. That's your inner truth. It's your intuition. It will often, you know, it will often seem too simplistic for your mind. It will be, go for a walk. It will be, sit here and do some angel cards. It will be, go and speak to that person. It will be very simple instructions, and particularly for women who are overly reliant on their masculine energy, their masculine mind, they always think, I have to do something. Mm -hmm. I have to do something. I have to have a plan. I have to put something into action. But most of my journey has been unlearning that. Yes. It's been yes. coming back into the feminine and understanding that all of this that's bubbling up inside of you, all of your power, your intuitive gifts, your wisdom comes from female feminine receptivity mm. and from often from non-doing, okay? Yes. Which is why yes. in the tarot, the high priestess and the empress, queen of cups maybe, are, you know, they're archetypal cards for women because they say, you know what, this is about just not doing. It's about being in your feminine energy. That's how this will alchemize. That's how this will come forward. And it's definitely how it happened for me. Mm. My tarot teacher, my mentor, Jonathan, he was incredibly tapped into higher consciousness. And he would say to me, we'd be sitting doing cards and he'd be doing a reading for me. He'd be bringing energy through for me and I'd ask a question about something I don't know anything mm. and he'd draw he'd draw the empress for me okay the empress and he would just say straight away be in your feminine energy go and have a bath go and paint your toenails go and do something that feels really really feminine mm. just go and do it now and I did and believe me, it works. Yeah. Because when I started really, really looking after my feminine essence and listening to what my feminine essence really needed, that's when my intuition started to become louder, clearer. And I didn't plan any of this. In, in, in terms of a masculine strategy, none of this is strategized. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying I didn't 
apply myself, obviously I did and have and still do apply myself to the actualizing of what's unfolding. But in terms of, I followed the guidance, you know, yeah. I followed the guidance, Keon. There, yes. There's no doubt about it. I yeah. have followed my guidance yeah. on every level. And, and I've worked when it's been required. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. But what I want to say is, is that also I've really, really followed my feelings and I've learned to trust and follow my feelings on how to nurture and listen and trust my feminine energy. Yes. And the feminine does not have a linear plan. It doesn't have A to B. Yes, I can totally relate to that. I um, Earlier this year, I think it was, I, I sort of just... I was exposed to male and feminine energy and I was like, well, what the hell is this? And um, it was about, you know, following your curiosity and tapping into that creative side and doing things like, for example, that you um, put off doing. So I've always wanted to, for example, go for a bike ride and I'd leave it. I'd get busy, you know, running a business, a law firm and doing that sort of stuff and I'd always put off the bike ride. And now, you know, when I hear go for a bike ride, I jump on my bike, I go for a ride. So yeah. it's, it's honouring those little whispers. Um, yes, you, you're absolutely right there, which, um, which opens it up. I could talk to you forever, but um, <laughs> I'm very conscious of the time as well. And um, um, I wonder whether you would be kind enough to come back one day and um, we could talk a bit more. I'd be delighted to do that. I'd absolutely love to do that. Thank, thank you for you. thank you for listening and inviting me. Oh no, thank you. And um, anybody that wants, so do you do readings now? So <clears throat> I do. You do. Could you just let people know how they could get in touch with you and what what offers mm -hmm. you have? Uh, you can you can get in touch with me via my website and all all of the information about what I do. I speak to I speak to people all over all over the world on Skype and you can there's a contact form on my website so if you go onto my website and you click on work with me you'll see that it says intuitive or tarot um, and you'll just click on the just fill in the form and yeah. someone will reply to you and um, I'm also doing some retreats and workshops which are kind of unfolding this year so you can see that on my website as well. And they're based over in the UK. So I, I heard a little whisper that you were thinking of coming coming down under. Well, I have a lot. <laughs> I'm going where I'm really being taken at the moment. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of clients who are Australian, so I really always I really want to honour them, and I really want to meet a lot of them. Yes. And so um, Australia is a possibility, but it seems at the moment that perhaps Bali uh, Bali is seeming to kind of present itself as somewhere that might be a great place for me to do a retreat. So that I know that would be great for people in Australia yes. uh, to yeah. get to. So that is kind of in the pipeline. Um, I first I did uh, I did a retreat last year in Turkey, which was really beautiful, and that's again kind of it's where I first created my white tent um, and my red tent, and there's going to be more of that to come. And uh, yeah, brilliant! Yeah, brilliant. I'm planning to hopefully get out and meet more people over the over the coming time. 
Lovely. And I'll leave um, Sophie's details on the um, – I'll, I'll have it all typed up and how you can follow her on Facebook and all of that. But um, thank you once again. It's been really – I've, I've gained a lot of gold nuggets here. I'm sure everyone else has. It's It's been beautiful and your honesty and, um, um, yeah, thank you. It's very appreciative. <laughs> Very appreciate. Oh. oh, it's sorry. It's ten thirty at night here, and um, it's boiling hot. I just have to let you all in on this, and I've turned the fan off because I didn't want it to make some noise. And I'm sitting here sweating, so if I'm not making sense, I'm probably getting a bit delirious too. But oh, well, it's actually. I woke up to snow here this morning. It's <laughs> snowing. Thank you so much. And, yes, definitely, I'd love to speak to you again and um, interview you again, Sophie. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much.